And the Bible, I mean, it's got the answers. We can look at the things that are going on in this world and uh, just some of the crazy stuff that's happening. I mean, when we hear about something in town where, I mean, six guys beat up one girl, okay, people try to make sense of it and they can't, they can't seem to do it. And they're, you know, you'll, they'll, stuff like that, you know, they'll be talking about it on the news and you'll get some person on there that just doesn't know anything and they'll say things like, well, I think it's important that we don't do any negative punishment with these children. You guys might have seen that where all those kids were just being horrible to that bus monitor. I mean, there's these kids just, I mean, saying horrible things to her. And they had some expert on the news saying how, you know, we need to make sure we don't do any of this negative punishment. I'm thinking, Okay, yeah. The problem with our culture today and our country is too many people are listening to people like you. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I mean, those boys, they need to be taken home and their parents need to beat the devil out of them. I mean, it's just, that's ridiculous that that kind of thing happens and that kids would think they can get away with that kind of thing. But that is our society today. And we're letting all these experts people who call themselves experts tell us what to do and not looking at what the Bible says. We're trying to call it different things. Well, they've got this disorder. they got that disorder. And we come up with all these fancy names for things. And you know what? Some people, and I'm going to make a bold statement here, but this is what the case is, they are flat out demon-possessed. I'm sorry, six, six boys beating up a girl. That is demonic right there. That is there. You can call it whatever name you want. It's flat out evil. And I tell you, we live in a world today that's trying to tell us that stuff's fake. You know, they've got all you know. Hollywood's taken demon possession and stuff like that, and they've made it into something that it's not. And people look at that and they say that's ridiculous and that's it's not real. And yeah, what you see on TV, no, it's not real. Okay, but at the same time, there is. Demonic influences in this world today, and I, I know I guess I felt the subject may be appropriate because I think this time of year, uh, with all the creepy stuff that goes on on Halloween and all that, I think a lot of it uh, tends to show its ugly face even more. But in Mark chapter five, we uh, we talked about this person a little while ago, uh, a couple of weeks. But I want us to I want us to look a little deeper at him tonight. This was somebody who was possessed. With devils, that's what the Bible calls them. The Bible calls them devils. Uh, today, people call them demons. Uh, I guess you could say it's the same thing. But we look at what's going on, and there are there are spiritual forces at work. I'm not. And now, listen, I am not taking the blame off anybody. Okay. Remember, Hollywood. If you get your theology from Hollywood, you're going to be very confused at what I'm talking about tonight. Okay. When we talk about uh, demonic uh, spirits and de- or demon possession, uh, they don't go and pray on the innocent. Okay, uh, people they ask for that stuff. Okay, it is their fault. It is. I mean, honestly, you know, except uh, I think probably growing up for a while, I probably had some demonic influence in my life. And you know what my parents did? They took the rod of correction biblically and they drove it. They drove it out of me, and I thank God for that. They took care. They took care of those demonic influences in my life, and uh, they kept a lot of things out of my life to keep uh, more from having a bigger effect. But look at this 
individual in Mark chapter 5, and he's an extreme example, yet at the same time, I don't think he's that far off of a lot of people these days that we see. And it says in Mark chapter 5, verse 1, And they came over into the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. This guy, he met, he sees Jesus, and let me tell you, he reacted to him. He responded to him. Let me tell you, you get around whenever that demonic individual is around, or that person who is influenced by demons, they will be very hostile. They will respond to the godly. They're gonna, they're gonna know when they're when they're in the presence of something that's real. They've shown up in churches before. And whenever messages like this are preached, a lot of times they'll start getting out of control. They'll start reacting to it. They'll even uh, create scenes and things. I've heard, I've heard stories. I've listened to messages when guys have been preaching on this subject and all of a sudden you'll have somebody that just kind of gets out of control. It's pretty crazy. It's very real. And this person, he responds and he gets scared if this is Jesus Christ. So he knows he's going to be in big trouble because he knows that Christ has a lot more power than the devil does. And he meets up with him and we know he goes to him and he's begging him not to torment him because he knows Jesus had the power to cast those devils out and send them to that bottomless pit where they belong. And so, uh, but notice it says, no man could bind him, no, not with chains. You know, I want, I think about our society today, how they're doing all these things to try to control people. Now, we don't usually chain people up. Okay, We've got straight jackets. <laughs> we do that. Back then, they weren't as humane as they are now. Somebody got out of control. They'd throw them in the jail. If they're getting too crazy, they'd shackle them. Uh, they'd chain them up to the wall so they can't really do anything. But this guy was so out of control that they couldn't even bind him with chains. Oftentimes they did it. Verse 4, "...because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains that had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him." This guy would just break the chains. The jails couldn't hold him. He would break them. He was that strong. We hear stories about some of the things that people do when they are under the influence of certain drugs. I don't want to start naming things in here. I don't want to bring any extra knowledge to kids involving certain drugs. But there is one that when people get under the influence of it, sometimes they get very strong. And they do some crazy things. I'm telling you, a lot of them drugs and things, you're inviting devils into your mind. And it is it is demonic what people do while under those things. I've heard I've heard horrible stories, stories that I wouldn't want to repeat, especially with children present, about things that people do. I remember reading one story in the newspaper about a guy uh, supposedly, I mean, all he, the drug that he was involved in, it was supposed to be one of them that doesn't really hurt, that people are saying ought to be legal. Supposedly that was all that he was involved in. But this guy, I'm telling you what this guy did was demonic. He started doing some horrible lewd things. One of the things he one of the things he did that I will tell you about, he took a bottle of shampoo and started drinking it. Okay, that's I I I don't get that. Alright, but I mean that would be I've gotten some soap in my mouth before. It doesn't take very good. This guy starts drinking shampoo and started doing some horrible things to his own child. And the police, they had to start shooting this guy. 
And it took several bullets to finally put this guy down. I'm telling you what was going on there was demonic. You can try to explain it scientifically. You can try to explain it chemically. I'm here to tell you it was demonic. It wasn't any different than what's going on with this guy. He was he was crazy. He was filled with demons. The Bible says, "And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones." Why would a person cut themselves with stones? Why would a person intentionally hurt themselves like that? We see that all the time today. People hurting themselves. I've talked to. I've I've known I've known young children, little kids, who've done horrible things to themselves. And I think, what, what's going on? And you know, and the parents will try to say, oh, you know, their medication was messed up, or they'll try to blame it on this, blame it on that. But one thing that I've known that in the, I've known that these kids that that's happened to in their homes, some wicked stuff has been going on in there, just wicked stuff. One, the one kid I knew, the mom was telling me uh, what her son had been doing. Young kid, maybe seven years old, and I thought, and it just, I was horrified to even hear about it. And I'm and I'm just and then I thought what was going on in that particular home. And I and then it kind of made sense to me. The same parents, they would go and they would send their kids I went to visit this uh hospital that the kids stayed in. The parent uh the parents were or the they were telling me while I was visiting the kids that I noticed none of them were wearing shoes. They're all wearing slippers. They said they're not allowed to have shoes there because many of the kids will try to beat themselves to death with their shoes. Now, okay, I wouldn't want to kill myself, but if I was going to kill myself, I'm not going to beat myself to death with a shoe. That's going to take a long time and it's really, really, really going to hurt. Okay, that's, that's not normal. That, and, but yet, today, it's becoming more and more common. It's become, it's become, we're seeing those kind of things more and more, and I think, I believe a lot of it's because of the demonic influences that we allow into our lives. We don't know what got this man to this position. We don't know anything about his past, but we know that this man, while under demonic influence, he could not be controlled. Nobody could control him. We've got people in prison today. I told you about the guy, you know, wrote me a letter wanting us to buy him a television. So he can behave himself in prison. Like if you can't behave in prison, okay, where you've got guards watching you, where they lock you up in a room, you can't stay out of trouble in prison. Where you, you don't, we definitely don't want you on the outside. You got to have a TV to control your behavior. I'm sorry, we ought to be able to, we ought to be able to control ourselves. Well, but you know, I people, I can't. I have no control. Why? Why is that? Maybe there's something more going on. Maybe there's something spiritual. Maybe there's something demonic. It says that always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Why would he want to hang out in a cemetery? Why, why would you want to live in the tombs around the dead people? It wasn't even like in the graveyards today. In the graveyards, uh, you know, thank, thank the Lord, you know, we put people deep underground. We don't see the rotting corpses. We don't, uh, we don't have to smell the decaying body. We we put those things in place so they you know we don't have to be around that. There's diseases and germs that can spread from uh, from dead things. We we put them in the ground, but back then they put them in the caves and tombs. And he's around that, around things that are dead. You know why is our society today so fascinated with the dead? 
So how are we fascinated with the dead? Vampire movies. I mean, what is with all the vampire movies that are out there today? I mean, it's every other movie seems like another vampire movie. Why, why are we so fascinated with the dead? Why is that zombie movies? I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, back years ago when, that, when they made The Night of the Living Dead, one of the first zombie movies, people were horrified by that. I mean, people protested that. That was so wicked. That was so evil. That was so violent. That's, it was nothing compared to the ones we have nowadays. I mean, it's just absolutely disgusting. I mean, I was in Walmart. Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter. Abraham, okay, Abraham Lincoln didn't hunt vampires. I mean, we have so many vampire movies that now we've even got to make up stories about how Abraham Lincoln, you know, saved America, I guess, by killing vampires. What in the world? There's an Abraham Lincoln zombie hunter. What in the? Why are we so fascinated with the dead? I'll tell you, it's demonic. It is. It is a demonic thing. This guy, he he dwelled in the tombs. He he cut himself. We live in a, we live in a world today where people are hurting themselves, not just cutting themselves up. Even though that's pretty common enough, we're a little more artistic about it. We call them piercings. Oh, they'll got the piercings just all over the place. You know, people will just cover themselves with tattoos and things. When I was in the detention home, the guys there they were too young to go to the tattoo parlor and get tattoos, so they give themselves tattoos. And they explained to me how they did it. And I'm thinking, not only would that be really painful, that's gross. I mean, and they and, and it didn't even look good. It, I mean, it looked like a little kid went and tried to write a name or something. And I'm thinking, you're stuck with that for life. What's wrong with you? I, I don't know about you. I don't like I don't like needles. I don't even like getting shots. Okay, let alone letting somebody go and repeatedly poke me with a needle and leave a mark that's going to stay there forever. Why are we so fascinated with that? This guy, they weren't as artistic back then, but he liked to hurt himself. He liked to cut himself. He'd do it with he'd do it with stones. Bible says that he wore no clothes. Why is nakedness so common these days? Why is it that people are totally comfortable going out in public wearing almost nothing? Why is that? You know, for not that long ago, a man or a woman, they would be ashamed to go out in public showing certain parts of their body. Now, it wasn't just inappropriate, it was embarrassing. Why, why would they do that? Why would, but yet today, I mean, thank the Lord the weather's starting to get cold. Because people get a little better when it's cold out. But you know what? Some people, you can go out, and even when it's cold out, and they'll be out in public hardly wearing anything. And I'm thinking, okay, at least wear some clothes so you'll be warm. But I mean, you'll see people they'll be out wearing a coat, all right, wearing a coat, and shorts that are shouldn't even be called shorts. They're shorter than shorts. And I'm thinking that doesn't make sense. Okay? That's gotta be cold. And why do why do people do that? This guy. And that's what that's how he was all the time. He wore no clothes. It was it was demonic. Listen, it says in verse six, but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Now listen, when he was worshiping Christ here, 
This isn't all of a sudden he's tame. All of a sudden he's acting like a good Christian. He's having this you know, religious experience. No, this worship that he did, he's going and he's bowing for him. We know from some of the other accounts in the Gospels that this worship that he did it would be like uh, if, imagine if you were in one of the countries uh, back in the old days where they had the kings that just had all the power to say off with your head and they'd cut your head off. And you go and that king's mad at you. And you would, and people, they would go and they would bow before that king and they would worship that king basically uh, just begging for his mercy. And that's what this, that's what this man's doing. And it's not this man, it's the demons that are inside of him. They know the power that Jesus Christ has over him. They know that, you know, and people, it's like, you know, they, they go and they're, they're into all these ghost movies and they're into all these, you know, Ouija boards and all that junk because it's got the power to move a little thing around. It's like, you know, if you're after power, I would try to have the Holy Spirit in my life. His power blows away anything the devil can do, anything that a bunch of vampires that are not real can do, or zombies. I mean, it just blows all that away. If you're really after power, I'd be going after God in my life. I'd be seeking after the power of the Holy Spirit. He can do things that are real, where you don't have to cut yourself up, where you don't have to make yourself look like some kind of a mutant, where you you can actually have happiness in your life. And but people, they go at they go after that stuff. And he goes and he's worshiping Jesus. He doesn't want to be Jesus to torment him. It says he cried with a loud voice and said, "What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not." You know, it's torment for a lot of people to come into the house of God. I wonder why. You know, we've never hit anybody that's come in here. I, I, I've been in church all my life. I've never seen anybody. I've never seen anybody come to church, and I've seen there's been there's been people who come that have uh, had a lot of carrying a lot of baggage. Never beat anybody up. Never hurt anybody. Never done anything like that. I just thought, wow, I'm not going to that church. If I went in there, you know, the ceiling would cave in on me. Why? Why? Why you were? Why are you scared of church? I, I think we're. I think we're pretty nice for the most part. I mean, you know, we have our bad days and get a little grumpy and everything once in a while. The worst that's going to happen is somebody might snub you, maybe not shake your hand. That's probably the worst that's going to happen. We've never hurt anybody, but yet. Jesus Christ, why would you be scared of Jesus Christ? Why? This guy was. I just thought, torment me not. Did you, ever, did you ever see Jesus in the Bible hurting anybody? I mean, the, the closest thing to it is probably when he drove the Pharisees out with a whip. But I don't even see where he was hitting them. I think he was just scaring them a little bit. And those were religious people. When it came to the sinners, Jesus was always compassionate to them. He was always loving them. I mean, the children, people wanted to bring the children in Jesus. He had compassion on those children. That's how he was. And he was the same way with this man. And it says, He said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And we know from one of the other accounts that they had asked, they said, you know, don't, they didn't want to get set to the pit. They said, There's a herd of swine. Cast us into those swine, and Jesus did. He cast them into the swine, and those swine, those listen, those pigs. Listen, humans, we can learn we can learn a message from this. You know what the animals did when they got filled with demons? They committed suicide. They took off running. They just went crazy. They took off running off a steep place, and they fell into that water, and they all were drowned 
in the sea. That's even animals. They know you're better off dead than having this stuff inside of you. And they they took off. And so it says that. And he asked him, "What is thy name?" And he answered, saying, "My name is Legion." For we are many, and we besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. And they were about two thousand and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see Him that was possessed. This man is not possessed anymore. The man that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. After Jesus Jesus cast the devils out, after this man gets saved, all of a sudden, his behavior changed. Something happened to him that none of the psychologists could fix. Jesus, in just a matter of minutes, was able to have this man sitting and under control. All the medication and things people tried, they didn't work. Jesus fixed it. I mean, Christ in His life immediately fixed that. It changed His behavior. I'm telling you, you're going to see that when people get saved, it changes their behavior when they really get saved. I mean, even my, even my daughter Chloe, she's only five years old. Okay, she wasn't doing anything like this guy was doing, but you know what? Like a normal kid, she had her behavior issues. And she still had some. But you know what? When she got saved not that long ago, we, we started noticing, wait a minute, you know, we're not having a lot of the same problems we used to have with her. She's not, especially in church, she's actually been being good lately in church. Boy, we were struggling for a while. She took the longest of any of our kids to start behaving in church and we were like, well, she did get saved. That makes a difference. It makes a difference when the Holy Spirit moves in your life. It will make a difference in your behavior. And it made a difference this man's behavior. He was sitting. You know, it will change things on the outward. He was clothed, the Bible said. He was clothed. He, hey, something's wrong. We need. I need to start wearing clothes. Said it's... It's pretty goofy what we're seeing in our society today. It is demonic. If people will get saved, they're going to be convicted. Brother Jack Thompson, he's an evangelist. He's boy, he's probably in his 80s now. He's way up there. I remember hearing him preach years ago. And he got saved when he was, I believe he was a teenager, an older teenager when he got saved. But him and his friends, they used to regularly, you know, guys and girls, they'd like regularly go out to the lake and they go swimming. And they wore what most people would wear going swimming. Not much, and he said. He said. I remember him giving his testimony. He was saying that he had, he had gotten saved, and that next week it was a regular time that they would just normally go swimming. He hadn't heard any preaching on how you ought to dress and on wearing clothes in public. He hadn't heard any of that. But he said that he was he was there and he went out there and he got in the water and he said something it was just like, "Why am I out here in public undressed?" And he said something was just bothering him about it. He knew that, and he said that he went. He got out of that water. He put some clothes on, and he never did that. He never did that again. Nobody told him. The Holy Spirit did. There was something inside of him. I don't think Jesus had to tell this guy after he cast the demons out. Hey, bud, it's time to go put some clothes on. I think he knew. 
There's things when people get saved, they know immediately, hey, I need to change these things in my life. He was sitting. He was clothed. He was in his right mind. Things were okay now mentally for him. He now understood what he needed to do. He wasn't having those problems anymore. Jesus Christ had fixed what was wrong. When He was under control, He was at the feet of Jesus. When you get saved, when Jesus Christ comes in your life, you're going to have a desire to be in the house of God. You're going to have a desire to learn the Word of God. To be sitting at the feet of Jesus. Kids, you need to stop moving around and you just sit down. Nobody else needs to get up. He was sitting at the feet of Jesus. He was clothed in His right mind. He started trying to do the things on the outward. Listen, we know. We all know. Everybody knows. That man looks in the outward, but God looks in the heart. But you know what? When you get saved, when your heart's right, you're going to want it to show on the outside. Listen, I'm not. I don't. I don't try to. I'm not trying to put on a show or anything. But listen, Jesus Christ, He saved my soul. I'm a sinner just like anybody else. But Jesus Christ, He saved me. I'm on. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm one of His children. And you know what? I'm not going to do anything to try to hide that. I don't. I don't. Listen. I don't go and I don't go around wearing T-shirts that says, you know, I'm a Christian. I, I don't. I don't. I don't wear. I don't have any clothing like that. I don't go around wearing a button that says, "Look at me. I'm a child of God." I don't do those things. But you know what? At the same time, if there are some things that I do that make me appear to be a Christian, I have no problem with that. I, I'm fine with that. So I'm not. I'm not trying to advertise it, but you know, I, uh, I'm not going to do things on purpose to try to cover that. It's like, well, if I dress like a gangster, maybe I can reach the gangsters. <laughs> it's like, hey, no, I'm I'm a Christian. I'm going to try to look like a child of God. I mean, have you ever have you ever asked yourself, hey, you know, if Jesus was on earth, would he wear this? Would he act like this? Would he do this? We ought to ask ourselves, what would Jesus, what would Jesus do? People put the WWJD on things and it makes them feel real spiritual. But how often do we actually think that, hey, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus, you know, go get in fights with his neighbors like I do? Would Jesus, you know, be cussing out his neighbor? Would, would Jesus? No, we need to ask ourselves those things. Things are out, and this world is crazy today, and I believe much of it is demonic. And then just two other things, real quick. I think probably most of it's demonic, but a lot of it, it's just flat out immaturity. You know, back, you, you all probably heard the stories, you know, your grandparents, your great grandparents, they'll say how they got married at 15 years old. And you know, we look like, what? 15 years old? That's, that's nuts. That's messed up. Well, yeah, that is young to be getting married, but back in those days, 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds weren't like 15 and 16-year-olds today. Those 15-year-old boys, they knew how they could do a day's work. They knew how to farm. They I mean they knew how to plow. They knew how they knew how to do all kinds of things. Those girls, they knew how to take care of a home. They knew how to they knew how to do all kinds of things. They knew how to be good mothers. They they knew they did the work. And they were odd. People matured a lot faster now. When I, I've told people, when I, when I got married when I was 20 years old. We had, our, we had Tommy when I was 21. I thought, since, okay, I'm married, 
I've got a wife. I've got a kid. I thought that meant I'm supposed to be responsible. I'm supposed to take care of them. I'm supposed to provide for them. And I did all those things. I did. I went, you know, I got, I tried, I went and I got a job. I worked real hard. I was responsible. I made sure I showed up for work every day. And then I was on time because I didn't want to do anything to make me lose that job because I had people that I was responsible for. That's just the way I was taught. It was the way I grew up. And in my early 20s, whenever I would tell people how old I was, they were always shocked. They always thought I was in my 30s. One, it's because I had a receding hairline at 20, <laughs> 21. That was a lot of it. But I remember one day a guy told me, he's like, it's not because of your hairline. He's like, you don't act like the other guys in their mid-twenties around here. There was, I, remember, I remember two guys I worked with. They were both in their early thirties. And they still acted like teenagers. They still lived at home with their moms. They still partied on the weekends. I mean, they were just as irresponsible as all guys. I mean, these guys, these guys were nuts. And I remember, I remember kind of looking around at the time, I was like, most of the people I hung out with that were I talked to on breaks and stuff, it was all the older guys. You know, the married guys with kids, responsible people, all the guys my age, they were still kids. Immaturity. I mean, it is sad how little many people have accomplished by thirty years old these days. That's what they're saying. They're talking about, you know, you're not supposed to get married in your thirties because you're not mature enough. That's a problem. We ought to be mature. By 20. We ought to be responsible, you know, by even 18, but they're not. Israel. I'm not going to take time to go into the story, but you all remember what happened? So, how do you know if you're mature? Alright, you want to ask, you know, kids, teenagers here? You know, we all think, oh, I'm mature. You know, I'm, I'm ready to be an adult. Well, let's find out. The children of Israel, they were not very mature spiritually. You remember in Exodus chapter 32, Moses, their leader, the guy that was kind of responsible for them, he left them for about 40 days. Does anybody know what happened after those children of Israel got left alone for about 40 days? They did something that sounds a lot like this demoniac. All of a sudden, pretty much what happened, you read Exodus 32 sometimes, they had a big party. They were naked. For some reason, that just goes with the territory. I mean, they they start they got out of control, all kinds of horrible things. I mean, just started doing all kinds of horrible things, just completely out of control. When their leadership was gone, they were out of they were out of control. What happens when your parents aren't around? What happens when you're at home by yourself? What what do you watch on television when the authority's not around? What are you doing? That that's a good sign of maturity there. You know. Well, you know why they did that? There was a reason. They got impatient. He's been gone for 40 days. Okay, we'll just wait a little bit longer. He's going to be. They're impatient. They're impatient. You know, parents will tell them, it's like, hey, you got it. you're going to have to earn this privilege. Alright, well, what do I have to do? Well, you're going to have to show some responsibility for a few months. Can't I just do what I need to do today? No, it's some things take some time. You need to have some patience. And people, they just don't have it. They want everything. And they want it now. I mean like a crying baby. I want it. And I want it now. They rejected the instructions that they were supposed to follow. You know what, kids? Your parents ought to be able to say, hey, I'm going to be gone for a little while. While I'm gone, I need you to 
clean up the house. I need you to take care of these things. I need you to take care of that. And you ought to be able to do it. You ought to be able to follow some instructions. If you can't follow the instructions of your parents, you are not going to be able to follow the instructions of a boss someday. They're going to tell you what to do. They're going to give you some instruction. You can't follow it. You're fired. And then, so then you're going to really have some problems. They were stubborn. Stubbornness. The Bible says stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. I imagine most of you in here don't have any statues that you bow down and worship. To, worship. But the Bible says if you're stubborn, it's the same thing. It says iniquity and idolatry. They forgot about what the man of God had done for them. And later on, when they continue, and later on, they continue to disobey Moses in the wilderness. Moses, because of Moses' obedience to God, they were no longer in captivity. They were on their way to the promised land. They were on their way to freedom. You know, it's it's sad how quick kids forget about what their parents have done for them. You know what? It was your parents that brought you into the world. It's your parents that have been providing for you. You ought to respect that. And you ought, to, you ought to be mature enough to understand. You know when most kids start respecting their parents? When they become parents. When they see what it's like. You know what that's called? That's called maturity. If you, if you are disrespectful to your parents, you are not mature. You are not a grown-up. You do not understand life. And, that's how, and children of Israel, they were immature. But then thirdly, just the final thing real quick, and I could do a whole message on this one. The problem, what's going on in this world today, it's just flat out rebellion. Listen, people, I mean, there's a lot of stupid people in the world, but the problem isn't that they're stupid. The problem is they're rebellious. You think those six guys that beat up that poor girl were just stupid and didn't realize, oh, I didn't know we weren't supposed to do that? They knew. They were rebellious. That is rebellion. The Bible says rebellion is, is the sin of witchcraft. Okay, I imagine most of you in here, you, hopefully you wouldn't practice witchcraft, but the Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Romans chapter 1, verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. These people, they know what's right. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. People that are going and doing all this wicked junk that's going on, oh, they just didn't know any better. Lie. Lie. These things are clearly seen. They have no excuse. Oh, well, the reason these boys went and beat up this poor little girl is they probably came from an abusive home and didn't know any better. They might have. But that's still no excuse. They have no excuse. Nobody's ever taught them about how we're all equal in culture and how we need to respect one another and how we need to love each other and love the planet and you know all go out and smell the flowers every once in a while. And No. They know better. It's rebellion. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to unto vile affections. You see some of the things that people do, just vile, disgusting. 
They were so rebellious, God finally said, enough's enough. I mean, we just recently heard a story about a mother killing her two children to get at her husband. Just vile. And it goes on, and I'm not going to take time to go through all of them, but it all comes down to rebellion. People know what's right. And on purpose, they go and they do extreme things, and then they try to go and say that it's okay. They try to go and say that it's right. I'm here today to tell you that it's not right. It's wicked. Girls, pay attention. You need to hear this. It's flat out, it's flat out wickedness. It's rebellion. People, people know better. People aren't stupid. There's a natural law that's inside us that, that we, uh, that we know. You don't have to be able to quote the scriptures. All you have to do is be able to open your eyes and these things are clearly seen. And we, and in our world today, it's like people, they're, they're convicted by people like us that go and speak the truth. And they've tried to silence us and say, you know, that we're hateful if we call out, if we call sin, sin. They're trying to say that it's okay and that certain things, just perverted ideas and goofy things are okay. No, it's not okay and they know it. They know it. And that's why they don't want anybody reminding them of it. Because they're trying to enjoy their sin. And many of them are enjoying their sin. You know why? God gave them up unto vile affections. And they are enjoying the pleasures of sin that are for a season. You think about whatever sin it is that's keeping you from serving God. Whatever it is. I want you to understand, if you go after that sin, you will have some pleasure in it for a season. But you know what? There's seasons to everything. We have a planting season. And then there's a, in the spring. And then we have that growing season in the summer. And then we have that harvest season. What we're in right now. They enjoy the harvest season when they go and they can reap. And they can uh, all that work finally pays off. But you know what? You can only enjoy the harvest if you've been sowing good seed. If you're sowing evil seed right now, I hope it's fun. Because the reaping season is going to come. And it's not fun. In fact, it's horrible. And many today are they're in that season where it's, there's some pleasure. Boy, you're going to regret it. You're, it's, you're going to, it's going to ruin your life. Don't allow, don't allow that. You know what? You finally, what you need to say is say, you know what? I'm done rebelling. I'm done listening to my friends. I'm going to listen to the Word of God. It's going to take some faith. It's going to take some determination. It's going to take some maturity. For some, it's going to take salvation. And whatever it takes, that's what you ought to be willing to do. Because I'm here today to tell you that the life of a Christian, a life serving God, is a wonderful life. It doesn't listen. It doesn't get the life that most of this world is going after. I mean, it just brings misery and destruction. Why do you think we have the drug problems that we do today? People are looking for something and it's not working. That's why they get in deeper and deeper. That's why we have all the drug rehab places and people are ODing all the time. It's not working. There is no satisfaction in it. It that's alcohol. It's I mean just it's ridiculous the way our society is just soaking up that stuff. Drunkenness. It listen, it might make you forget your problems for a little while but you're just going to wake up with more problems than you had before. Jesus Christ 
is the real solution to the problems in your life. And you know what? We all have them. Jesus Christ is the solution for the sin that's in our life. He can save you from your sin. I don't care what you've done. He can save your soul. And He wants to. He can cleanse you from that sin. And He will if you ask Him to. And He can give you an abundant life. And He wants to. That's why He came. I have come that they might have life. And they might have it more abundantly. Jesus came to this earth not just to save you from hell, even though that would have been enough, he came because He wanted us to have a good, fulfilled, happy life. And He told us how to do it. But you know what? Our flesh, it's a lot. Our flesh lies to us. Our flesh is evil. And everything that Jesus said to do, it goes against our nature. It goes against that sin nature. But you know what? God has given us enough evidence on this earth that if we would just really look and really think about it, we could see that you know what? God's way is the right way. Many people, though, they're not looking. You know what they're doing? They're hiding their eyes. Right now, maybe even spiritually, you're plugging your ears, closing your eyes. You know why? Because the light of the Gospel is being shined on it. And the Bible says that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. I hope you'll surrender to God and I hope you'll listen to Him. So let's stand together tonight with our heads bowed and eyes closed.